0: please join me in prayer. Gracious God, we do not live by bread alone, but by by every word that comes out of your mouth. Make us hungry for this your word, that it may nourish us today in the ways of eternal life. Through Jesus Christ, the bread of heaven. Amen.
1: 1 Corinthians, chapter 12, verses 1 through 14. Now concerning spiritual gifts, brothers and sisters, I do not want you to be uninformed. You know that when you were pagans, you were enticed and led astray to idols that could not speak. Therefore, I want you to understand that no one speaking by the Spirit of God ever says, let Jesus be cursed, and no one can say, Jesus is Lord, except by the Holy Spirit. Now there are varieties of gifts, but the same Spirit, and there are varieties of services, but the same Lord, and there are varieties of activities, but it is the same God who activates all of them in everyone. To each is given the manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. To one is given through the Spirit the utterance of wisdom, to another the utterance of knowledge according to the same Spirit, to another faith by the same Spirit to another, gifts of healing by the one Spirit, to another, the working of miracles, to another, prophecy, to another, the discernment of spirits, to another, various kinds of tongues, to another, the interpretation of tongues. All these are activated by one and the same Spirit, who allots to each individually, just as the Spirit chooses. For just as the body is one and has many members, and all the members of the body... Though many are one body, so it is with Christ. For in one spirit we were all baptized into one body Jews or Greeks, slaves or free, and we are all made to drink of one spirit. Indeed, the body does not consist of one member, but many. This is the word of the Lord.
0: So, we are in a sermon series called Jesus' Radical Hospitality Comfort, Challenge, Change. And last week, we focused on this passage from from the very center of Luke's Gospel, the heart of Luke's Gospel, in which it says that Jesus welcomed and even ate with sinners. And in this, we see that Jesus broke the rules. This man was not supposed to be eating with the despised and the outcasts and the wrongdoers, those unclean in body, heart, and mind. But, but Jesus didn't mind that. What he cared more about was drawing those outsiders and those people close, welcoming them who sought God and sought refuge. So Jesus' hospitality was a comfort to some and a challenge to many, and meant change inwardly, heart change, and also outwardly in the way communities worked. Jesus' hospitality, or uh, Jesus' table manners, if you will, were radical. And as we, a community that's striving to follow Jesus, we need to reflect on our table manners as well. Are we radically reaching out to welcome and comfort those seeking Jesus and those seeking refuge? Are we inviting a diversity of people to to the Lord's table as he did in his life that perhaps challenges us? A wideness and welcome that can change us inwardly as well as outwardly as a community. As we're thinking about this and reflecting on our table manners, we're Reflecting on our welcome statement which reads, at Linwood Reformed Church we affirm the great diversity of God's creation in our communities diversity that includes persons from various economic ethnic and cultural backgrounds, people gifted with a variety of abilities, and also people with different gender expressions and sexual identities. We believe that God's unconditional love as demonstrated through Jesus Christ is intended for all And as such, all people are welcome to participate fully in the life of the church. So here we're in the second week, and I want to focus on the the diversity of God's creation and the way in which each person is gifted with a variety of abilities, physically, mentally, emotionally, spiritually. And I want to do that by focusing on God's word to us, or first, God's word to you, and God's word to us. So first, God's word to you. I want you to reflect on these words from this psalmist when he's writing in Psalm 139. It was you, God, who formed my inner, inward parts. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I praise you for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. This poet is is singing of what they know about God, about God's intricate work of creating us, that God made us beautifully and wonderfully well. But when we take a look in the mirror, do we sing with that same joy and sense of awe? I want to read for you a quote by a, a former priest in the Episcopalian Church and also a seminary professor uh, by the name of Barbara Brown Taylor, who writes this book called An Altar in the World, which is about spiritual practices of faith. And she writes, I can say that I think it is important to pray naked in front of a full length mirror sometimes, especially when you are full of loathing for your body. Maybe you think you're too heavy. Maybe you never liked the way your hip bones stuck out, the way your chest sags, or that you're too hairy. It's always something. Then again, maybe you've been sick, or have come through a surgery that has changed the way that you look. You've gotten a glimpse of your body as you've bathed or changed your clothes, and so far, maintaining your equilibrium has depended upon you staying covered up as much as you can. You've even discovered how to shower in the dark so that you only have to feel what you presently loathe about yourself, but don't have to look at it. Now, you don't have to raise your hand at this, but, uh, I I mean, how many of us do this? It's, it's kind of a comedic quote, but there's, some, there's deep truth to this. Uh, regardless of who we are, we've, we've been robbed of self-appreciation and giving thanks to God for what God has knit together because of comparison, because of major marketing campaigns. But I love this next line that, that Taylor writes. She says, This critique can only go on for so long, especially for someone who officially believes that God loves flesh and blood, no matter what kind of shape it's in. Whether you are sick or well, lovely or irregular, there comes a time when it is vitally important for your spiritual health to just drop your clothes and look in the mirror and say, Here I am. This is the body like no other that my life has shaped. I live here, and this is my soul's address. And after you have taken a good look around, you may decide that there is a lot to be thankful for. I love this quote: "You know, in the same way that God looked at creation, had this sense of awe for the beauty that was created. So God looks upon you and exclaims the same thing, that you are good, that you're beautiful, that you're wonderful that you're unfathomably complex and designed with purpose and cannot be replicated in the same way. And that's a beautiful thing to be delighted over by God. And Jesus invites us in this hospitable way to hear this spoken to us and be comforted by this knowledge. But it's a challenge, right? Because we're so programmed with those tools of comparison. We feed off it. And so the challenge is to know that God loves flesh and blood, whatever the shape of it. And the challenge is for us to believe that. It's a challenge, but I hope it changes the way that you and we can see ourselves. Because I think it leads to something good. I have a friend named Matt, who's a pastor out in Massachusetts, and he he was telling me about this book that he was reading, and, and it might... Uh, the message of it might align with some things that you've learned or, or heard about. And he was saying that, that we need to change the patterns of our thinking. If we're negative all the time, we continue in that endless cycle. But if we commit to speaking encouragement and building ourselves up, then it can change the way we view ourselves in our lives. And if, if we have experienced this change in our lives, then perhaps we can begin to delight and love what we see in others the shape that they're in, and perhaps then can be a positive influence in the life of another. Encourage one another and build one another up, Paul the Apostle writes, and I think that's that's something to value as a community, and I want us to value, the way we can encourage and build each other up according to the design of God. That is God's word for you. And now God's word's for us. Just a second ago, Lexi read these words. There are a variety of gifts, but the same Spirit and Lord who activates all of them in everyone. And everyone has a gift for the common good. Two stories I want to share with you really quick. The first is about two seminary professors that walk into a church. Sounds like a really good joke. Uh, I'm going to disappoint you. <laughs> so, one is Dennis and the other is Jim. And so, they, they come into church after a week of, of teaching about scriptures and the history of the church and all these wonderful things about the life of faith. And they sit in the back of the church, and, and Dennis turns to Jim, and Dennis says, I just need to hear the gospel. I just need to hear the good news. And it's amazing that these professors, these learned men, are hungering, like we all do, to hear about Jesus. Hold that story, and listen to this one. During my second year of seminary, I was up late, burning the midnight oil, so to speak. It was Saturday night, and I was writing a sermon for Pentecost, the the day on which church celebrates the coming of the Holy Spirit to be with the church and guide it in the ministry of Jesus. And I'm sitting there and I've got this blank page and and just got nothing flowing onto it, so to speak. I'm troubled, you know, like, what can I possibly tell the people in the next day about this incredible, invisible, almighty, powerful God? (laughs) Seems kind of funny that I was drawing a blank at the time, right? Uh, but as I was so frustrated about this, behind me there was a noise, and it was Zach, my roommate. My roommate, Zach, was the manager of the women's basketball team at Hope College. He was the dining room manager at a local restaurant. He had hit two holes in one in his life while golfing. Most of us struggled to get one. The guy... Love to watch movies and shows late into the evening at like 3 a.m. when I'm writing a paper, he's singing the Full House theme song <laughs> or the Veggie Tales. Zach was someone who is most often identified by his disability, Down syndrome. And so I, I, I hear this noise and I, I turn around to see Zach and he goes, Hey, buddy, what you doing? And I said, you know, I'm sitting here pulling out my hair just trying to figure out what to preach on on Sunday. And Zach goes, oh, that's nice. And after a moment of silence, I just took the opportunity to say, hey, Zach, you know, what would you say about the Holy Spirit? And he just kind of sat and tapped his chin a little bit. And he said, well, when we think about the Holy Spirit, we always have to think about Jesus because the Holy Spirit tells us about Jesus I racked up so much student debt in classes to be sitting in front of a computer with a cursor cursing me that I couldn't think up of anything. And here is this incredible man of God who's most often defined by his disability telling me, the seminary student, about the things of God. He spoke about the good news of Jesus that those professors were even longing to hear. That the Holy Spirit speaks to us and tells us about Jesus and that good news. The Holy Spirit and the gifts it gives was speaking through Zach, the gift of wisdom, to remind me that Jesus' ministry and Jesus' gifts are alive and well within the people, all people of the church. The variety of gifts are given to all for the common good of building up each person. But why do we constantly define ourselves by other things? Like the degrees that we have or don't have, the money we make or don't make, the experiences we've had or don't have, the way we think we have to look like a pastor in order to really be a Christian, otherwise we're not truly walking the walk. But none of those things are true. If God's Spirit is truly at work in us, then we have the opportunity to be a powerful witness of goodness to each other in the world, each of us. And so I submit to you that our powerful witness is in both our giftedness and weakness. I mention giftedness and weakness because when I lived with Zach, I saw someone who was incredibly gifted, like you heard in the story. And yet, there were moments in living with him where I saw his brokenness and his struggles a little easier than I was able to admit my own. And living with him helped me to be honest with myself that I had both of them, the gifts and the weaknesses. We all do. And the good news is that God loves us so much that God not only gifts us through the Spirit some incredible things, but also makes sense of our weaknesses. In 2 Corinthians, Paul's writing this letter, and he says this, God said to me, my grace is sufficient for you. My power is made perfect in weakness. And so, Paul says, I boast all the more gladly about my weaknesses so that Christ's power may be present and working in me. It's a comfort, therefore, to know that when we come in all that we are to this place, both our strengths and our gifts and our talents, but also our histories and our failures and our weaknesses God uses both. The challenge is to take a good long look at who we are. The challenge is to not see your weaknesses as the end of the road, but rather to see that in community, how we meet each other in our weakness, and more truly how we meet Jesus in each other. And how because of the Spirit and because of the power of God, our weaknesses are not the end of the road, but the beginning of a journey of growth and new life. And how in the community of Christ, our weaknesses and strengths mingle in this mysterious work of the Spirit, and we are changed into the likeness of Jesus, both inwardly and together. And as this happens, we become a beautiful testimony to the world of what our God is about and who our God is and the way God's working in the world. We're a community of sinners and saints, sometimes both at the same time. And in our weaknesses, we meet the gifts of each other. And we build each other up and encourage each other to be like Jesus. And so may God grant us grace to seek Him. May God grant us grace to encounter Him in one another. May God challenge us to grow into His likeness by the communion and the table and the things that we share. Let's pray. Lord our God, thank you so much for the ways in which you have invited each person here this morning. And thank you for who they are as you've created them and how you've gifted them and their whole life story. The beautiful seasons and the messy ones. And I pray that you would anoint each person here with a sense of of your love for them and your good news and how you're using them in the world to share that love and to be a positive posture of Jesus in the world. In whose name we pray, amen mm <clears throat>